0: Hey, everybody, there's a couple of people we want to thank for supporting our show this month on Patreon.com. Kicking it off with Aaron C. Hollis. Adam Marks. Adriel Moreland. Elena Fontenelle, Amanda Harris. Amy Gonzalez. Andrew Tillman. Benjamin Brown. Brett Macris, Chris Terlizzi.
1: Clemens Luer. Corby Dorby Doodle. Curtis Lorac, Demand Ryan. Dan Snow. Daniel Fuentes. Daniel Warden. Danny Heck. Danny Alley. Dennis Scott. Dustin Remy.
0: Eduardo Martinez. Aaron Dorian. Jeffrey Risher. Gerard Duvillier. James Connolly, James Kurtz. Jason Donahue. Jason Williams. Joe Crack. John George. Jonathan
1: John. Joseph Kelly. Joshua Gibson. Joshua W. Bronson. Catherine Annenson, Casey Newhaven. Kevin Grimes. Kevin Kleinrock. Kieran Broderick. Cody Thomas. Lee Brown. Luana Thomas. Nah. Luca Sink. Mark Carrillo. Mark
0: Kiefer. Uh, Mark Zeller. Megan Thigpen. Mike Targenio.
2: Mitchell McDonald. Nadia C. Nate Lindley. Nick Grayson. Omnia Soul Art. Oren Dix.
1: Pedro A. Rangel, Perry Taliaferro, Pete's Punisher
0: Slippers, Pip Pete Twenty Twenty, Prime Time, Polly G. Rahadwin Sastrowardyo, Rev Mikey, Sarah Schaefer, Scott Carpenter, Scott England, Tamila Rush, The Twelve Badge, Tiago Nascimento. <laughs> Nina Ann, Victor Perez, W. Blade, Will Buchanan, and Zika's Viral Comics. Thank you, everybody, for supporting our show. And now, enjoy the live show. <laughs> what is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex.
2: I'm Justin. What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. When did so that happen? going Alex, Justin, and <laughs> Did you it forget just felt your own felt name? more natural
0: than just say, I'm Justin. Oh my God. Yeah. That's weird. Wait, no. did you actually forget or were you doing no, a bit? No. Because I yeah, couldn't I see your face when I was doing that. Yeah. I, I was deep in producing the show. Is that how you produce? You use spirit fingers? Yes, exactly. And then it just kind of happens. Uh, folks, thank you so much for tuning in to Comic Book Club. If you're listening to the podcast, hello from the past. If you're watching I love lot... Cyclops.
2: Come on, Joe Crack. Come
0: <laughs> on. There's a lot of stuff going on in the comments here. We're going live to a couple of places. We are live on Crowdcast right now. If you're on Crowdcast, hello. We love you on Crowdcast. If you're over on YouTube, hello, everybody on YouTube. YouTube. Um, we are keeping an eye on the chat there. Also, a fun little mention, we passed... 6,000 subscribers on youtube Woo-hoo! which took Thank took a you. little while took a little while but we're excited to be there and if you happen to be watching and are new to the show uh welcome please give us a little thumbs up we always like that we're gonna get to your questions later on the show best for you all here yeah and justin our third host should
2: be popping in at some no, point, he's a nice guy. He just doesn't have a concept of time or anything. Mm-hmm. You know, S- super funny guy though. Great guy. Yeah. Wow, who are you? What? What? Are, what is going on with you today, Pete? What?
0: What? I don't know. You're just being very complimentary of Justin, which is uh off character. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's weird. No, maybe is it's, it's your new today. headphones.
0: Is the fact that we're now Beats buddies? Is that what's going
2: on? Beats for us. <laughs> whoo yeah i got (laughs) my parents got them for me on my birthday nice i think i've told this
0: story on the show before the reason i have beats by dre headphones uh when i was working at mtv way back before anybody knew any nerd stuff MTV was like, hey, we're going to do something at Comic-Con. And it was literally, we're going to do something at Comic-Con. We don't know what it is. So they invited me as the resident nerd expert to go up to an office, like on a very high floor for a brainstorm brainstorm about Comic-Con stuff. And every idea was insane. And then they'd turn to me and be like, would comic book fans like that? Yeah. What, what do you think? Would they like that? That's and fine. every time I was like, I mean, they wouldn't totally hated i guess wow. and so after an hour of the brainstorm i went back to my office and i was sitting down there and about uh 10 minutes later a woman came down and said hey you're alex Albin, right you were uh at the brainstorm meeting for comic-con and i said yes she's like thanks for coming here's your beats by dre headphones
2: wow so some, somebody at mtv like a big wig was like get me a nerd there's got to be one working here at mtv get up Get here, I'm my not going to call
0: out a name because I don't want to get any in trouble, but he's the guy who is in charge of MTV
2: now. <laughs> so
0: he made good decisions across the board.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you got free headphones out of the deal.
0: Exactly. And they've lasted for a very long time at this point. So Pete, look forward to them. They're going to be pretty awesome. Uh, Now, I am going to go over here and I'm going to try to invite two of our guests into the stream. We actually have three guests for you today. Later on in the show, we're going to have W. Maxwell Prince, who is the writer of one of our current favorite comic books on the show. So stay tuned for that. But right now we're going to invite in James Emmett. And oh gosh, uh Kirsten Thompson. There we go. I her name. They are the creators of I Am Hexed. We previously had. Hey, hey, hey James hey, on the show hey. And hey, there's Kirsten. Hey. Hey. Hello, how are you all? Thanks so much Welcome for coming back. on the show.
3: Oh, Kirsten. <laughs> <laughs> uh Thank
0: you both so much for coming on the show. Uh We uh, chatted about I Am Hexed a while ago. I think before the first issue.
3: Never yeah, it was, out, um, right. Yeah, we talked about it um, pre-COVID. So, oh man, you oh, know, damn. I know. What does that mean? Like seven years ago, or something? Like <laughs> yeah. Either
0: seven years or seven hours. Or the time <laughs> has no meaning anymore. It does it better?
3: Uh, like but the that.
0: exciting part is, you have going on Kickstarter right now. You have I am Hexed number three. It's doing not not to jinx anything, but it's doing real well at this point, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we've
4: reached goal. So I mean, that's always congrats. <laughs> <laughs> to reach goal, and hopefully get, exceed that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so this is a great book. Um, I for those who didn't listen to the previous show, didn't come to the previous show. Um, can you give kind of like the logline of "I Am Hexed"? What the general pitch is for the, so people can know.
4: Yeah, so "I Am Hexed" is basically a sort of supernatural, magical, political thriller. Um, it is a kissing book, too, so there is some romance in there. A little bit of kissing.
1: All right. uh,
4: <laughs> but, yeah, basically it's a story of a witch named Charlie who is in modern-day Washington, D.C. She's kind of working behind the scenes, and then things kind of implode. And she goes on the run with her ex-girlfriend and an accidentally carnivorous plant tries to figure out why people are chasing her, both normal, you know, non-magical authorities and witch authorities. So it becomes a whole big thing.
0: Talk a little bit because I I, did. We have both of you on the show at the same time, or James, it was just you, right?
3: It was just me. Um, Kirsten is uh, based out of uh, Seattle area. Okay, Um, so do anything live was. Hard. Um, right. I'm in New York, so I hey, was able to. <laughs> this
0: is great. Uh, because of the pandemic, everything is up, up, up. We're all able to yeah, talk to so each we other.
4: Anymore, so we can
0: no. make our- <laughs> <laughs> Cup half full, you know? Yes, exactly. Uh, but so I'm excited to chat with both of you. I, I guess, James, we talked a little bit about your collaboration the last time. Don't worry, Kirsten, you only had complimentary things to say. But uh, I guess from. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, from your perspective, uh, Kirsten, why don't we ask you then, how did you guys get together in this project? What's the collaboration like? How do you work together when you're creating this book? Uh
4: gosh.
0: <laughs> oh, no. A nice, a nice simple softball across.
4: <laughs> it, right the I thought we got rid of these. Um, so... We, you know, I had an idea, and I think, I think, James, you were asking for ideas on Twitter at one point. And I was.
3: I was looking specifically for, like, the queer community and women and yeah. just people, like, that I hadn't, I was at four, 5 I'm still at 451, but at the time we hadn't had a lot of that diverse right. um, crowd, so I really wanted to bring someone else in.
4: Yeah, I think, and I pitched you something that wasn't quite a good fit, and then I came back, and then I pitched you I'm Hexton. You said, oh, my God, this is it. You know, let's, let's do this. Um, and then, because I had the original the pitch, and I think, I don't know if I had a whole of, all of issue one done when I pitched it to you. I might have had, like, three quarters of the way done, I think, maybe. And then you said, okay, okay, obviously, go write the rest of it. And <laughs> so I, I went and did that. In the meantime, things in the world changed but got worse at the same time. It's yep. so, <laughs> <laughs> kind of amazing how that's happened. Um, so in terms of collaboration, it was just, you know, I'm writing the book and then, you know, sort of throwing it his direction saying, what do you think, you know, strong points, you know, we go back and forth, you know, on things that could be brought out more, um, you know, where to make you know, the script stronger and, you know, sort of talking about the overall world. He and I have had a lot of conversations about the bigger world that aren't, in the book per se, but I've got, you know, a world, um, I'm not going to say Bible because I'm not Christian, um, but large tome of world stuff <laughs> of lore that I really want to do more stuff with. I mean, I've got oodles of stuff I want to do with stuff to, with. So we've talked about, you know, how to work some of the things in. I'm like, can I put this? in? he's like, no, don't put it now, but later. So doing things like that. So it's been really fun going back and forth.
0: James do you have anything to add there in terms of the collaboration or disagree with
3: no I um, I mean Kirsten's the genius behind Hex. I just kind of like help as we go along Um, and um, I think just like keeping the message clear for the first four issues and know like we have hopefully the opportunity and like the excitement to build out the world more Um, so like that's yeah always an opportunity always want to do more love IMEX love it
0: Uh, Sorry to interrupt with the interview, but there's been a couple of questions about what's going on behind Pete. Pete, do you have yes. a cat
3: back there? Is yeah, that, sorry, that? sorry. <laughs> don't need
0: to be pulling focus here. Yeah. All right. That's all right. That's just new. That hasn't happened on the show yet. So <laughs> uh, well,
4: I, fair warning, I have three cats. and. A yeah,
2: I saw a cat in your background as well. So I thought yeah, it was, was cool. cool. Man, I so feel I like know, I should I
4: have a Bengal here and one of them is stolen. the dog's bed upstairs. <laughs> so God only knows when they're going to wander through the frame. So be warned.
0: Uh, James, I apologize. I meant to send you a cat before. Yeah, the cat. I cat. no
3: cats. Um, I don't even have a house plant because they die. I mm-hmm. kill everything. So yeah, nope, no cats have died. Um, I just have never owned one. So oh, there we go. Well, I keep but,
4: telling you to come visit, and you can the cat, <laughs> hang out with the cats. It's that. very
3: hard to visit now, unfortunately.
4: I know. Well, it's yeah. hard anyway because you live on the East Coast. But yeah. I know we're
3: like.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about the Kickstarter approach a little bit, because everybody uses it differently. You've been using it for individual issues going through issue number three here. Uh, what's your experience been that like with that, particularly because some people will say, oh, you know, I want to wait until... And, and we've had a lot of interviews about this, but some people say, oh, I want to wait until I have the whole series done, or we're going to collect it as a graphic novel, or we're going to do this or that, or we don't have anything done. So w- generally, what is your take on it? What has worked for you? Because clearly at least three issues in so far, it seems to be working.
3: Um, uh, You know, I mean, I think the the first, the first time we did it was just like, let's see if the audience is there basically. So we're testing the waters, like with the initial issue one, which I think is always a good way to kind of go forward. And then we just found success. um, And, Um, a lot of great response to sort of like a rollout of individual issues and we get more opportunities to have different rewards and like have different artists and uh, queer artists and women. And, um, and that's really, that's I think the big driving force behind this story and um, just the approach to it, because it's just been such a lovely experience of like bringing more voices in and more interpretations and, I don't know, I get kind of, like, emotional talking about it because I think it's kind of personal, like, it's because of what's happening in the world, I think it's, like, and personally, I think it's such a strong story and such a strong message. So, that's my very, uh, schmaltzy... answer (laughs)
0: Um, I do feel just to make sure you know that I'm not setting you up or anything I do feel this is a very unique take but I think since we first talked about I Am Hex there's been a lot of other books that have popped up that have had different unique takes on magic where it almost feels like a mini trend right now um uh, do you see yourselves as part of that have you noticed that trend at all and why if so do you think is it
4: happening right now um so personally, you know, I think there's that, there's a witch show, I think it's Coven or wh- whatever it is, I can, I can never remember the name of it, because I, I didn't want to watch something that was sort of tied politically mm-hmm. into magic at all, because I didn't want to influence um, future arcs, because I think at the time the show was coming out, James and I were talking about, well, what if we were able to do another arc, and what would that involve? I was like, well, this cool show's coming out, I don't want to watch it at all, I don't want to be influenced at all by it. Smart um, yeah, because I mean, it sounds like a cool take. But I'm like, no, I this is my own world. It mm-hmm. has its own feel, and it's not. I think some are a little more gritty, you know. And certainly, this is influenced by real world events. It's not, you know, fluffy bunnies and you know plush animals, you know, frolicking through fields or anything. But <laughs> there is a, a little bit of there's is there is there is danger, but there's also, I think, a little bit of softness to the magic, you know, in the way um, I try to make it inclusive, like the the glyphs, you know, that are being used, it's not something where you wave a wand, it's not something where you have to say a word, it's something you as long as you can draw it, you know, um, and you have that inherent ability, you can be a witch, you know, so um, that was one thing I really wanted to make sure was was in there, it was like, because I was thinking about, you know, witches of all different backgrounds, you know, what's gonna be kind of universal, you know, create a language that's, even if you don't speak the same verbal language, you could speak the same magical language. That was kind of important to me because I got my B.A. in linguistics, so I care a lot about words. Nice.
2: (laughs) Yeah,
4: Yeah. a really useful degree, as you can imagine.
2: Um, (laughs) Well, it's paying off.
4: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm writing for for a living, so make my parents happy and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I think that there's certainly different takes, you know, of witchcraft. I mean, there's been L.J. Smith's books, I think, adapted to, you know, the TV series, and then all the other takes. But I think each of them has its own niche and its own sort of flavor of magic. You know, like in I Am Hexed, having magic doesn't mean you can automatically fix things. Like, if you have a medical condition, you're not magically healed. Florence uses a wheelchair. She uses a cane, you know, but she is a powerful witch. You know, it's like... But she also uses her magic to sort of supplement, you know, her assistive devices, or she uses it in her science. So her... science she's doing is imbued with that extra little kick of magic so things will work a little differently and sometimes as you see in the book things don't always work the way she predicted with the scientific method and you just roll with it you know that's what you can do cool
0: uh, no, not to get too dark or anything, but take a little bit of a step back. You said, obviously, like everybody else, pandemic and the, the current state that we're in is certainly affecting <laughs> workflow and the way that you're getting things out. Yeah. How, I only ask this because I've actually been <laughs> getting a bunch of people in the past couple of days writing me about, I, I feel the doldrums. I can't write anything. My productivity is way down. What do I do? So how From the perspective of I am Hexed in particular, how are you tackling that? Are you pushing through that? What are your what are your hot tips?
4: Well, for one thing, uh, the first four issues are written, which is a big help. (laughs) It does help.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. It makes Mm -hmm. it a lot
4: easier, I found. Um, but I am, as James I'm sure will attest, I'm always writing something, you know, and I may be, you know, DMing him or texting him saying, Hey, I have this idea or I'll message our letter to Laris Pasito who's lovely and he gets to suffer through me saying i have this off the wall idea he goes yeah it makes sense or what <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's very nice about it but kind of kirsten what are you doing um so i'm always writing and if i like to bounce between things you know i like to have a couple projects so i've got a project i'm editing right now i'm in i'm in revisions hell with it, um <laughs> to be to be polite and it's going but it's like going slowly. So I have a project I'm outlining, and then I have something else I'm sort of noodling on. So I think if you have the different things you can work on, then it's easier than feeling like a complete failure because you didn't write 1,500 words in one day because there's a pandemic, you know, when you're worried about the world. Um, so I just think having that flexibility, you know, and then having days where you just lay down flat and look at your ceiling and say, wow, there really are spiders up there or whatever.
5: <laughs>
4: not beating yourself up over that, at least for me.
0: James what about you you have any uh, um, hot quarantine pandemic
3: lots of um tips? crying in the corner oh. and um <laughs> panicking no i uh, I don't know i you know i think i I'm like Kirsten I'm like a workaholic I like to stay busy I like to keep moving um so I have like a bunch of different freelance editing comic book stuff that I'm working on with different creators I'm working on I'm hex, which is almost like the Kickstarter is like a full time job and then um I'm still doing, like, freelance work for 451, so I'm at home. I'm, like, just juggling. Like, I think everyone's sort of, even if you're not, fi- like, finding work, you're stressed out and juggling with the stress. Um, so I think that it's just an interesting time to be alive. The pandemic makes you both, like, very trapped in your own time, and then suddenly the day is gone again. Yeah. Very weird. Yeah, Very weird. Yeah,
4: I think the other thing is having, you know, a schedule, even if it's just I will be up by 10 a.m., and sitting up right in front of a bowl of oatmeal, and I will try and take a walk today. You know, for me, I go running, I take the dog for a walk. I mean, that
3: helps well,
4: keep you moving. It's like the dog needs to go for a walk, she needs to be run. Okay, you have to get out of the house. You know, so having little things like that, is it, it yeah. great because you're like, oh, it's this time, and I can go, you know, read a book now or I should go write some words now. <laughs> <You
3: know? laughs> yeah, it's good to have like a routine or some sort of schedule to keep to. Um, I mean, I don't try to, like, bust myself for when I don't do that, because then I just, then I'll lose a whole day and I'll feel really bad and cry again. Oh. Which I do, I do a lot of crying. Oh, so uh, good. It, yeah, yeah, I think it's, um, it's good, it's, good, it's cathartic, it's good. Okay. Me. But, like, hey, do you wanna Do you want to try to make him cry? <laughs> it, take, it, no, won't I, I don't. it won't take, it won't take much. It won't take much. Um, All right.
4: Well, I could yeah. just—I don't know—we could queue up a an episode of One Day at a Time. You know, I can think of the oh my exact. Oh, I forgot about and it. will be <laughs> on the floor within oh, five minutes.
3: I've been watching uh, Leah Remini's Aftermath, the the thing about Scientology. I'm almost done. Why? Oh wow! I don't—I'm obsessed with it. It's so—I mean, I mean, it's a cult, and it's very upsetting. It makes me cry. Anyway, these poor people. Oh. <laughs> these poor people watch it though. It's fascinating. It's fa- i mean, now it's I'm, upsetting and fascinating.
4: I'm honestly—I've parked myself in historical. Uh, Chinese and Korean dramas because there is no mention of anything related to pandemics. It. <laughs> plus, you know, pretty people flying through the air with swords. I mean, what's, what's the downside of that?
5: I
2: thought I found animation helps. I've been watching mm. a lot more animation. Yeah. You're
4: watching my yeah. Hero Academia and
2: Yeah, what are you watching, Pete? Yeah. Uh Shira you know, mm-hmm. it started the uh, last airbender finally after Justin wouldn't shut up about it. So.
3: Nice. Oh oh my my so good.
2: Yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun. It's so good. I love that.
3: Yeah, I, might, I might watch that again.
0: Yeah. Uh, before we start <laughs> to wrap up here, though, not to get away from TV time or anything, but back to I am hexed for a second. So you said that you have the fourth issue written at the conclusion of the issue three Kickstarter, are you rolling it right into the issue four Kickstarter?
3: Is there going to be a break? What's your schedule here? Um, <laughs> there's always a little bit of a break because we do need to actually like do the third issue. We have to like draw it and get it printed and send it out to people. But the goal is not to have so much of a long break. We had a longer break between issue two and three because the world ended on us and it was very weird. Um, and we weren't sure what was You know, um, so luckily, like now that we're kind of nothing's back to normal. I'm not even going to say that. So that's just a fallacy. But like now that we're kind of like able to figure out this new method, um, we can kind of uh, bring the fourth one, hopefully to life a little sooner than the third one. Unfortunately, it took a little longer.
0: Awesome. And even though you've successfully funded at this point, if people do want to go to I am and support it on Kickstarter, should they just search for that? Is there a specific
3: page that you want to send people to? What do you want to plug? We made it so easy this time. We, if you type in iamhexed.com, you'll be redirected to the Kickstarter. Amazing. Nice. Awesome. Love it. most possible.
0: Uh, <laughs> folks, thank you so much for coming on. Congratulations again. Yeah. I'm very excited thank to you. check it all out. Everybody should go read I Am Hexed uh, and uh, stay safe out there. Enjoy watching your too, Chinese guys. dramas and Scientology docs. <laughs> <laughs> oh
3: god <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> Thank you.
3: Bye. Bye. See you.
0: All right. There we go. Uh so once again, that was James Ennett and Kirsten Thompson from I am Hexed. You can check out their
2: Kickstarter right
0: now. And it's
2: uh it's a great book. Like it's beautiful. It's really well well done. It's very creative. It's a fun book to get involved with. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, We're also still, of course, waiting for Justin here. I'm sure he'll be in the stream any moment now. Pete, what's your prediction? 10 minutes, 20 minutes, never? Uh, It'll it'll roll in like five minutes before we're done. Yeah. Hey, so sorry, guys. (laughs) (sighs) Fiddles with microphone. Yeah. All right. There we go. This is very inside baseball. Instead, we're going to bring in our next guest, who we're very excited about. Here, uh, as mentioned earlier, he is the writer behind Ice Cream Man from oh, Image Comics. Oh, Man, he is terrified to talk to him. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't think he's actually going to be the ice cream man. Uh, in you don't flash know or anything like you that. don't know.
2: What <laughs> if he has the teeth and he's wearing? Oh my god.
0: Yeah, I think he's going to try to just do audio, actually, so you might not even be, uh, get oh, to see him. He might actually have a snake for a tongue or something like that. Yeah, that's probably uh, but, better for all of us. Uh, we'll, we'll let him get all set up. Uh, w. Maxwell Prince uh, slowly getting into the stream. Uh, again, if you haven't checked out the book, I think we've talked about every single issue of this on our Stack podcast just because it's so freaking awesome. Um, I'm sure we'll talk more about the concept of the book, but if you haven't, the idea. Well, I actually How, kind of were here. Yeah, I was excited to hear you
2: try to sum it up.
0: Yes. It's uh, hard. Oh, uh, while he is getting up here, uh, John Dorsey on YouTube says, Is there a sample of the art or a page or two anywhere that you guys know of? Uh, yes, if you go to I hexed com. They have a whole video and some art there. Yeah. If you're wondering about Ice Cream Man, tons of stuff online. Just do a search for Ice Cream Man.
2: Yeah, Image or just Comics. close your eyes and think of the scariest Ice Cream Man possible, and that's that's it.
0: Yes. Oh, he says, I think I'm here. I hit yes. Um. Hmm, hold on. We're going to figure out some tech stuff. Pete, uh, talk about your day while I figure this out.
2: Oh, okay. Well, I'll give you guys a little a little show here. There's my little, oh, yay! There's it's my new cat, um, and her name is Nasica, and uh, it's uh, yeah, I'm new to having a cat, so it's very uh, a little weird. I'm used to dogs. Um, she kind of runs the house, which I guess is all right, but uh, yeah, you know. Doing the best as I can as a cat dad, living that cat dad life. Oh, cat dad life. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Wait, so wait, sorry.
0: I, I was concentrating on some tech stuff. What? Uh, what's the name of the cat? Nausicaa. Nausicaa.
2: Like. The yeah, uh, valley of the wind.
0: Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, w. Prince says He's going to try to quit the app and start again. So in the meantime, I know this is kind of jumping ahead a little bit. You want to try to get to a couple of questions or something, Pete? Sure. Oh, yeah. Hey! Oh, there we go. There we go. That hey! Help. Hello. Sorry, you're on video. You just wanted to do audio. How are you doing? It's all right. I showered today, so... Uh, okay, you look amazing. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for jumping on the show. At some point, our third host, Justin, might jump in. He got held up on a work call. Um, but... As we said in the intro, we have talked incessantly about every single issue of Ice Cream Man. It is oh. absolutely one of our favorite books here on yeah. the show. Um, I, I kind of want to start, and this might be an impossible question to answer, but what is your pitch for Ice Cream Man? <laughs> like, what, what is the log line? Well,
5: first of all, thank you for paying attention to us at all. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I don't know. Uh, this, especially at this point, kind of started started as one thing. Uh, it is uh, an excuse to tell any kind of story that I want. Um, my friend uh, describes it as a storytelling engine. Um, mm-hmm. It is really just uh, a way that you can kind of graft what you're thinking about or what you're, what's bumming you out or what you're concerned with into kind of comic book format. Um but, like you know it centers uh, the idea is that uh, it's a series of one shot stories um so each comic is self contained in its own kind of twenty four to twenty eight page short story um and the only thing that connects the issues is the reoccurrence or, or the reappearance of this weird kind of uh, devilish ice cream man
2: right and the cow- and it- the guy in the cowboy hat.
5: Yeah, yeah. So we uh, we kind of uh, extend we uh, filled out the mythology a little bit over time. And so not only is he just the connective tissue, he also kind of has his own little uh, backstory and his own world that he comes from, which is uh, we we tease at it and we address it somewhat. But the idea is to never fully kind of show our hand there.
2: I I would like to just sorry, Alex. I would just like to quickly address something you said. Very excited to. I am. I'm very excited. (laughs) I've got questions for days. Uh, So I just want to say, like you said, thanks for paying attention to us. But you kind of gave us no no choice. Like we have been reading comic books for years, and this book really stands out, and it's very unique and very creepy. And every time you pick up an issue, it's exciting because you have no idea where it's going to take you or like how it's going to kind of get in your head and stay there for a while um you kind of talked about short stories and like being their own thing but like did you just say like i'm gonna push it each like each issue like i'm gonna try to have like a theme and really push it out Or, like, I I mean, I see some creepy tattoos. Were they inspirational? Like, where did you?
5: (laughs) this is a – people tend to like this one. I don't know if you're going to be able to see it. It's like an android taking his face off. Oh, (laughs) wow. Wow. Well, so one quick question. I see uh, in the comments below some people asking questions, do I – Address those at all, or should I talk to you guys, and then we'll kind of get to peoples uh, yeah questions? talk to
0: us, and then we'll go back and I'll kind of look through the questions and we can see what we can get to there yeah. cool where are um, the people asking the questions here right?
5: <laughs> uh, and i'm under it looks like I'm under an interrogation light, so it's yeah cool. exactly <laughs> it seems sort of about right um, now
2: you know how we feel a little bit,
5: yeah, so i um I, I have what I like to call storytelling uh, a d d um i I get bored with my own writing and, and the task of writing sometimes very quickly. Um, and so uh, a, a way that I've learned as a writer to kind of keep myself disciplined and to keep myself writing, um, except as you guys talked about with your last guest, it's a little bit harder now uh, to stay disciplined, um, but uh, I, I present myself with a problem to solve. Um, and over time the problems to solve became more and more complicated um you know so it's hey you know uh, it started as could you do a a silent issue with you know three tiers of storytelling that all kind of sync up with each other and play off of each other and that was you know it's um as people who read or create comics know these are storytelling challenges they're also production challenges they're um uh coordination challenges with your creative team um uh, I get a little bit of a buzz. I don't know if that's oh, gone. Um, and then, yeah, the the problems, the challenges that I gave myself started to kind of grow and evolve. So, like, oh, what if you tried to make an issue that you could read forwards and backwards? And it was the same story. Um, so, yeah, so that was uh, it's it's really just um, a lot of it is kind of selfishly like trying to get myself to sit down and, you know, put a concerted effort toward writing because it is otherwise very hard for me.
0: Well, to that point, and I'll just give a a little bit more background, as you mentioned, to anybody who hasn't read the book yet. But like you said, every issue is kind of its own thing. There's occasionally some overarching story elements, but you do have these really crisp, clear ideas like a palindrome issue, or there was the ghosts issue a few uh, issues back that was almost a ghost story, but not exactly a ghost story, but it was told in the style of an old ghost story. Or I think actually the last issue was pretty clear in terms of essentially being three parodies, very dark parodies of kids' books. So all of them are very meticulously structured. Uh, how, clearly, that's a writing challenge for you. But how does that work with the artist, with Martín Morazzo, because everything is so intricately laid out on the page at the same time?
5: Yeah, so, uh, so for those that don't know, uh, our creative team is uh, Martin Morazzo from Argentina uh, and also Chris O'Halloran from Ireland. Um, and yes. it's kind of, a, there are a couple lines of attack to that question. Um, one thing about uh, uh, collaboration in comics is that if you work with a creative team long enough, you guys kind of all start to speak the same language. Um, so even with like crazy ideas that I might have now, I have to explain myself a lot less to my collaborators than I used to. Sure. sure. Um, cause you know, they've kind of, we've kind of all, you know, have that, uh, that mind meld thing going on. And so we're, um, it's just a lot less work to be like, Oh, like, what if we did this? Um, but, uh, that said, uh, I, I'm a terrible artist. Uh, I draw stick figures exclu- <laughs> exclusively, um, but i all i i i draw everything out i i like to make these uh, so for the palindrome issue for example i actually drew the whole issue uh, wow. with the panel setups um in terrible like sloppy stick figures and stuff uh, but because we sort of have tapped into each other's brains like martine got what i was trying to show him in both the script and this kind of supplemental draw just calling it a drawing is 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 being uh, generous but um the stuff that I gave him to try to make the issue with, uh, he, he, he understood. Um, so yeah, so it's like, I, I send a lot of reference. I do a lot of my own little drawings, uh, for certain issues. I have a very clear vision of what, of how to kind of achieve this thing that we're going for, for other ones, I kind of pose a question like, Oh, like, how do you think we could uh, pull this off? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, and then sometimes the answer is here's how to do it. And sometimes like it becomes clear that like, it's a bad idea. We shouldn't <laughs> try to do uh, something. I had a, I was going to try to do a, a Rubik's cube story oh, wow. where uh, <laughs> each page, each page's panels could be reassembled to tell a different story. Um, and oh, then wow. you could kind of solve the issue over time. And so the, like, wow. you know, the, and they will all be colored differently. It sounds really cool and impressive. T- uh, there was we just can not figure out how to do it but yeah so there's uh there's an open discussion and then i also um just kind of oh look the dude
0: came. oh my goodness oh that's terrifying uh this is justin our other co-host who
1: is holding shears towards uh, our guest
2: were you mid-sentence there we didn't want to i didn't want to cut you off <laughs> to what you're saying
1: Oh, I was trying to be cool. surprising and terrifying
2: uh,
5: uh, it worked yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, No. Yeah. I I also tend to like go on. So if I start to say the same thing over again, just be like, Will, we get it. My So uh, I write under W. Maxwell Prince, um, but my real name is William Prince. Uh, Mm. My friends call me Will, but I can't write under William Prince because all you get if you try to Google that is Prince William. Uh, (laughs) mm, So I use my first initial and my middle name. Um, Anyhow. Yeah. So uh, uh, it's a lot of like supplemental drawings and stuff. Uh, and little you know bits of reference and um stuff like that to help martine draw a weird a weird challenging structural issue cool
0: cool uh I'm curious to hear about the inspiration of the ice cream man himself. Was that just the idea of taking something that should be sweet and innocent and pure and darkening it up a
2: bit was there did you have specific- a bad experience sure. as a kid with an ice cream man like yeah, you're, what?
1: What happened? you're terrifying you're terrifying us all when it comes to ice cream and yeah. Uh,
5: <laughs> I I only have good experiences with ice cream men because they give you ice cream, which is right. there's yeah. pretty much no no losing. Um, yeah. uh, I've I'm a big fan of the uh, HBO show High Maintenance. Um, yes, anybody watches it, um, but for those that don't, it's um, it started as a web series and then HBO bought it and kind of created it and uh, turned it into this uh, longer form anthology series. But the idea is that um, oh, is my camera not? um oh, yeah. the uh the idea is that uh it has these kind of zoom-ins on people that live in new york uh new york city specifically um and you know it'll be like a 15 minutes that you spend with this person and and their lives um and then there will be like another little 15 minute short and the only thing that kind of connects all of these stories besides them occurring in new york is that they all have the same weed dealer Yeah, um, and weed, guy, yeah yeah and the weed dealer right. kind of um the guy uh, although they gave his name in the in the his name is Rufus. I know
1: I sort of uh, felt I felt sad that
5: they revealed that but yeah. what can you do um but uh yeah so I I had all these short stories I wanted to tell and I wasn't sure how to come up with an excuse to kind of tell them all under the same umbrella so I I looked at high maintenance um as a touchstone I was like well can I come up with someone or something that uh, would be a good kind of connective tissue, oh, um, and a lot of it was just like, you know, especially the most of the stories take place in the suburbs, which is where I grew up, um, suburbs of New Jersey specifically. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know I kind of I tried to think of like suburban fixtures that would be an appropriate uh, sort of way to blend all these stories together, and just a lot of thinking and doodling in my in my notebook. I somehow came upon an ice cream man. And I think just the, the idea of that, um, lent itself to its own kind of creepiness. You know, there is something inherently creepy about ice cream men. Um, just in that, you know, we kind of, you, you, you teach, you teach kids, uh, like one of the cliches that you teach kids is, you know, don't take candy from strangers. Right. Uh, um, well, ice cream. Yeah. Uh, but he's but, playing
1: uh, a song. So he's inherently <laughs> structurally.
5: Um, <laughs> So, yeah, there's this weird, uh, you know, kind of friction there. Um, but, yeah, so I just I don't have a great answer as to how I landed on him, but it just kind of he, he presented himself as he tends to. Oh,
2: man, that's creepy.
0: One of the things that I think has been kind of fascinating about the arc of the book, and you touched on this a little bit earlier, but uh, several people in the comments have called out Tales for the Crypt. And I think the way that it started – certainly there were bigger themes present in each of the issues, but it was very much these like done in one horror tales. But as it's gone on and now we're on issue 20, I think you've much more dug into individual tales that sometimes don't even have like straight up grotesque elements. They just have themes of loneliness, of isolation, of loss of the end of life. Uh Why why is that? Why that direction? Is that because you feel more free to write those stories now that you feel more comfortable with the book or how'd you hit on that?
5: Yeah. I mean, you know, I think as, uh, as an adult, that's the kind of stuff I've found myself most interested in. Um, you know, I, I set out early on to make the book a book about suffering and the way different ways in which people suffer. That doesn't have to be, you know, the kind of typical kind of, horror sort of suffering where someone's killing you and you're in pain um but you know the kind of suffering that we all feel day to day um is a very and it's in its way is its own kind of horror and it's something that i feel like people don't talk about enough um and that isn't really addressed in in comics fiction enough it's something that kind of in in literary fiction and, and in more typical prose kind of is the 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 meat of, of most of that stuff, but, uh, it's not always, uh, covered in comics. Um, not to say that it never has been, but, um, it, it's, it's often put aside in favor of, of other, uh, subjects. So yeah, it's, um, I kind of, so my secret is that I don't know anything about horror. I don't, <laughs> re, I don't wow. read, I don't read horror. I don't watch horror movies. I hate wow. being scared. <laughs>
3: um, wow.
5: Uh,
2: so you just uh, wanted to scare all of us and just, so you're like not scared, but you're like, ah.
5: in, in
2: the
1: same way an ice cream man hates ice cream. You, uh, <laughs> you go. don't like being scared. So you terrify
5: yourself. Um, but so I think, you know, like this um, natural horror has come out in trying to address things like loneliness, you know, things like, uh, uh, uh mental, uh, uh, health. Break, mental health, mental breakdowns. Yeah. So, um, Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's where my mind always goes. You know, uh, when you get into comics, um, you know, people are like, oh, like, you know, do you want to write for the big two someday? Um, And my uh, kind of line has always been, you know, I I could never write a good Batman story that's not in my wheelhouse as a writer, Mm -hmm. but I could write a pretty good story about Batman's sad neighbor. (laughs) Um, the undiscovered country Um, oh man
0: his house is so big
5: yeah the lady (laughs) that lives the lady that lives downhill from from wayne manor so um so yeah that's just it's it's kind of how i'm wired and it's it's what i'm interested in
1: Uh, i had one question real quick uh sorry to jump in alex um the way you uh, blend uh, the humor and horror, I think, uh, really, I hope you haven't already talked about this, but it really elevates, I feel like, both sides of that. The, the, f- the comedic moments feel so fun and light, while the horror feels ever darker because it's right after a funny moment or it's, like, part of that. Um, is that how intentional is that? And is uh, since you're saying you don't really come to horror from a horror background, what's your take on comedy?
5: Yeah, so I, I mean, I you know I'm not a comedian by any means, but I, I love comedy. It's probably my favorite uh, genre of, at the very least, uh, television show. Uh, but I'd say my my favorite uh, writers, uh, especially in, in kind of traditional fiction, uh, all kind of have this weird mixture of uh, gravitas and and comedy or levity or something scatological. Even like, there's this dirtiness and and. Quick wittedness alongside this more serious stuff, um, and so I think just from and this, people like uh, Dennis Johnson, George um, Saunders. Yeah. George Saunders uh, is a big one, um, short story writer. Anyone listening who hasn't read him, go buy everything and read it. Especially
1: Saunders' earlier stuff, I feel like with so much edges toward like big jokes and then like dark side underneath, like pastoralia yes. and all exactly. of that.
5: Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, you know, very well. So it's, it's those kind of influences kind of made their way into, uh, when I was forming myself as, as a writer. Um, and a lot of that is also just kind of like a, a sort of self-check, you know, you, you kind of go down this hole and things start to get, uh, in a script, let's say pretty depressing. Um, and so a lot of it is like, you know, trying to bring myself back up out of that and be like, you know, I, I'm kind of bumming myself out. Like, let's like, let's, <laughs> let's pepper in something a little bit more lighthearted on this next page. Cause otherwise I don't think I'm going to make it to the page after Aww. that. Um, well, on that note, we
0: have a couple of questions here. Uh, this is one for, sort of from Mike Baneke says, do you have relatives who worry about you creating such a twisted comic?
5: <laughs> yes. Uh, my, <laughs> my, uh, my wife, like, uh, so in, in my day to day life, I'm a pretty like goofy, happy person. um so she's you know she'll kind of she doesn't actually uh read all of the issues um she's not really a a comics reader um but she'll uh certain ones that i'm particularly proud of she'll pick up and she'll kind of finish and look at me and go wait what where is this coming from um and uh yeah. And also I, I'd say my mom too. She's, um, I did get like, uh, a, a, I, so I put out, uh, this year when COVID started, we kind of started this website, uh, called quarantinecomics.com. Yes. Uh, and it told these little, every week we, the ice cream Man t- creative team, uh, released these little mini comics four pages or so that were in the world of ice cream man. Um, and, my mom read every single one of them and I got oh, wow. like a lot of, I got a lot of, are you okay texts? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So uh, some people that are worried, but you know, I, I tell them it's, it's all in the name of good fiction. So. Uh,
0: I think you kind of answered this one from Josh. Where did the idea of Ice Cream Man as a nexus point come from? But I am curious, kind of bouncing off of that. Do you see all of the Ice Cream Man stories as taking place in the same universe, are they parallel universes? Does it not matter at all? Uh,
5: well, so I, I don't think those answers are all mutually exclusive. Um, okay, it, mm. it it doesn't matter at all, but um, it could if you wanted to. Um, I I saw the first, uh, I want to say, sixteen issues. Uh, as existing in kind of the same universe uh, in comic book parlance, you know, let's call it earth, earth one or whatever. Um, and then the 17th issue, I think it was 17th issue was our uh, take on our kind of also a parody on, on uh, all-star Superman number two. Mm. Um, and even though it's never explicitly said in my head, that was in kind of a sideways universe. Um no. Yeah, oh, where awesome. where cool. the ice cream man is kind of uh grafting this comic book world onto reality and it's kind of just his little playland. Uh, and some some readers have gleaned that naturally and others wow. don't see it don't see it that way. And I honestly don't have don't think it's um all that important whether or not you think one way or the other. But um in my head, uh they mostly take place in the same universe, and then there are these little kind of uh sideways stories where the ice cream man is kind of pushing on reality a little bit and, and having as little fun. Wow.
0: Uh, ben, the border collie wants to know, can you say anything about the TV show? Should we expect a similar one shot sort of
5: format? Sure. So I, I can tell you very few things about the TV show because I am, I try to stay as far away from it as possible. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's as far as I know, um, still happening um, on the very popular streaming service called Quibi. Yeah. Um, everybody loves Quibi. Everybody watches Quibi. <laughs> no Quibi doubt. It's a streaming success story and we can't wait to tell stories. <laughs>
0: <one>. We're actually <laughs> swimming on uh Quibi right now. So that's very exciting.
5: You know, um, not really, but yeah, no, it's, um, the, the, uh, the writers of the show and, and the show owners, uh, their, their brothers, uh, Adam and Max Reed, uh, they do really love the book, and even though they get this kind of instruction from the corporate side of things, they're trying to uh, stay true to it as much as possible. Um, I don't know if I think some of the the episodes will be, you know, and a, a Quibby episode is a whole other. A whole other truth okay. screaming, a whole other podcast to to, to cover, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's going to try to stay true to these kind of short stories, and then um, you know, I think if the show is successful, it'll kind of open up and tell maybe some longer form kind of stuff. Cool.
0: Um, there was a kind of follow up question over here on YouTube from Ramsey Hassan it says, If Ice Cream Man was picked up as a TV show, which it was, uh, who would you cast as the eponymous Ice Cream Man? Uh, you know, I was there anybody that you had in mind? Were you picturing an actor or are you now picturing an actor who might best encompass everything the ice cream man means?
5: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough, right? You need the kind of right mix of, uh, this kind of everyday, uh, kind of affable classic face, but then who could kind of turn on a dime, uh, Mm -hmm. and be really sinister. Um, my ideas about it have changed a bit over time. Um, I know the, the studio really wanted to do uh, Jared Leto. Um, oh, wow. Which I thought was, he's almost too creepy in a way. Like he doesn't have <laughs> a lot of, like he can't, yeah. he, he can't bring it back to, you know, right. that, guy, that guy that you would like. Trust. He only goes up. Yeah. 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 Um, I forget the actor's name now, but um, he played uh, Pete on Mad Men. Oh, yes. Uh, Vincent Um, Catharsier? That's him. Um, I always thought he would actually be really great because he's got this kind of um, all-American look to him. But um, as shown in Mad Men, he's got like a dark side, too. Well, and Um,
1: I I rarely get to brag about something like this, but I was in a movie where he played um, the creepy guy who is accused of murder. Um, so there he, go. he's on that et- horror edge, uh, in that it was a horror comedy as well.
5: Yeah. So there you go. He's, um, but yeah, the, uh, as with so many things in this show, uh, the, the final decision is way above my pay grade. Um, <laughs> well, that's not entirely true, but I, I, um, I know how to write comics. I'm not like a Hollywood guy. So when they're like, Hey, do you want to do this? Do you want to do this? I go, Not really. Like that's your guys' specialty. So why don't, why don't don't you Hollywood people do your Hollywood thing and I'll keep writing my book. And if, if we could all come to an agreement someday, that'd be great.
1: Let's all have a party one night.
5: (laughs) Uh, Do
0: you, do you have a, not overarching plan for ice cream man, but sort of, is it a going on forever book? Is it a 40 issue book? What's, where is it at in your head at this point?
5: Uh, someone just said uh, the lead from HBO, Perry Mason, Matthew Reese, who's like, one of my one of my all time favorite actors. So that would be great, too. Uh, anyway, back to the question. Um, yeah. So we kind of uh, I mean, I don't know if, if how many of the listeners like read image books or know much about the image model. Um, but, you know, image is, as far as I'm concerned, the best place to publish comics. If, if you could get a comic published there, um, there's just so much freedom. Um, but it's also, you know, you're kind of in charge of your own destiny and you can publish a book as long as it's, you know, still supporting itself and supporting the creators and and everyone feels like they're getting compensated fairly. Uh, we have been very, very lucky that, uh, we've had since basically issue one, a, a very consistent readership, um, and our last issue issue 20 that kind of parody on kids books uh we were doubly lucky that it sold out and it's going to a second yes. printing How
3: um
5: nice. so i was kind of ready to start to kind of dial things down um but <laughs> uh it seems like we still have some legs here um and the great yeah. thing about the great thing about ice cream man is that you know you could tell any kind of story in it um so i, th- I think we're gonna we're at the very least going to number 24 i have a feeling we'll go to uh, we, we go in in fours because every four issues is collected into a trade paperback. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a feeling we'll we'll be getting to number twenty eight too. I'm gonna we're gonna be taking a few months off. I have another book launching an Image that hasn't been announced yet. Um, it's about clowns. Um, oh man, <laughs> <laughs> checks out. Cool. Um, Super cool. <laughs> I think it'll be announced in early October. That sounds right. Um, but so I kind of. Uh, we have issues twenty one and twenty two coming out in the fall, uh, and then we're going to take a small break um and then come back with twenty three and twenty four in the spring um, Cool. so uh yeah so we're 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 still going, um and like I said, the nature of the title itself is that you know as long as I have an idea for a story, I can pretty much tell it in this yeah v- via this this brand or whatever.
2: Well, just you don't have to tell us anything about the clown thing, but if (laughs) if your mom reads it or your wife, do you think they'll be very concerned or not so concerned?
5: You know, it's funny because every time I say clown, and because like Ice Cream Man has kind of gained this reputation as a horror book, uh, people think a certain thing, um, Mm. but it is not not like that, Uh, not what you think. Uh, uh, Well, there are parts of it like that, but um, okay, all right, just clowning around. It's it's just sad, like like. Most
0: of um, <laughs> okay, no, I write, I'll tell I you. Sad comics. My wife is, and this is true. She's actually an ex circus clown, so I'll be judging this book very harshly.
5: Oh wow, <laughs> wow. We have some some uh, a story about an ex circus clown. So oh, right, I'll pass
0: it her way. I'll let you. I'll let yeah. you know what she thinks. Uh, the next thing up after first of all, everybody should go read issue twenty with. This is yes. phenomenal, as you mentioned, parody of The Giving Tree, uh, Green Eggs and Ham, and Good Night Moon, which is great and funny so and dark. Uh, next up, though, is a, there's a collection of the Quarantine comics that is coming out, right? Is that...
5: Yeah, so uh, early September, all of those, and we had some guest creators come and make some little shorts, too, um, oh. and those will be in the collection as well. And half of Proceeds... Uh, go to uh, uh, Bink to help comic shops through COVID.
2: Awesome. Oh, nice!
0: That's great. Yeah, cool. Uh, that's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show again. Huge fans of the book. Very excited to chat with you about this. Congratulations on all the success, yeah. uh, and can't wait to yeah. check out the Quippy show.
5: Yeah, thank thanks for... for freaking us out, man. It's been great. <laughs> hey, thank you for having me, and thank you for for supporting us. It's awesome.
1: Oh, we love it. All right. We'll talk to you soon, man. Cheers. Good
0: night. Take care. All right. Wow. There we go. Once again, W. Maxwell Prince, Ice Cream Man. Definitely check it out. I saw a bunch of people, particularly in the YouTube comments. I've never read it before. The book is so good. And as he mentioned, it's up to issue 20. So there's uh, four collections now, five coming soon. uh, It's a heck
1: of a
2: ride. Truly
1: Go favorite on, comic justin. favorite comic on the stack every time it comes out like love love it we talk we've talked about it from it we talked about every issue on this show
2: yeah
0: we have it's great i always want yeah. to talk about it so good uh so very exciting awesome guest this week welcome justin please don't pull out those shears again that was well, that's too scary
2: you guys are legitimately scared like that come on
1: <laughs> well I was uh I was working late and then I was set, setting up and I turned around and I was like, Oh the shears have been in the window all this time and I grabbed him impulsively and then when my face came up I scared myself a little bit. But I thought uh it would be not f- an actor. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it would be uh less scary, I guess. Yeah. You guys seem legitimate out, you're, you're
2: in a creepy ass basement. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. terrifying.
0: Uh, but you know what's not terrifying, actually, is my favorite part of the show. That, oh, not, stop that. Right. What
2: are you? That's
3: uh, like...
0: Somehow. Somehow those are going to come through the cat. I think it's the face. It's the yeah, face it's the that's is Oh, it's
3: the ah! face. No, yeah, it's, it's the, the face.
0: that's terrifying. The terrible.
2: beard doesn't help anything either. <laughs> uh,
0: all right. Uh, now it's time for your audience questions. <laughs> And for that, I see a bunch of you have already been dropping your questions here at Ask a Question on Crowdcast. If you are over on YouTube, just drop it in the comments. I am keeping one eye on that. Uh, So we'll get to those in a moment. But let's kick it off one here. Uh, This is from Ben the Border Collie. This is a a LinkedIn-type question for Alex. Are you ever going to open my gifted Pokemon Go? Listen (laughs) to
4: (laughs)
1: Wow, called out, lit up I'll tell you what,
0: I know you can play Pokemon Go from your couch now Seems kind of lame to me, but Uh-oh. I stopped playing Pokemon Go a while ago. I picked oh, up shit. I picked up Wizards Unite when that came up. I got kind of bored of that, and then I was like, you know what? It's nice to be forced to go on walks places by these apps, but it's becoming too much of an obligation, and I'm spending too much time away from my family <laughs> catching Pokemon <laughs> and Wizards, so I'm going to uh, stop.
1: So the kidding. answer is I'm
0: never going to open your gift, but if you want to be friends with my wife, let me know, and you know, I'll send you an offer.
1: Wow, Alex, that gift is like uh Courtney Whitmore's gift on Stargirl to her father, and he re- <laughs> you
0: refuse to open Oh man, uh, that's sad. Nice. Uh, here we go. This is from uh Scott Carpenter with learning at home being common right now. Is there a place for educational comics? What are some examples? Well, that's a very good question. The first one that comes to my mind is uh Friend Van Letty and Ryan Dunlavey's. Mm. Comic Book History Comics they did uh they did Action Presidents, Action Philosophers. Um uh, my daughter uh she's 10 years old now. She read Action Presidents and she loves it. Action Philosophers she wasn't quite as into. Uh and sure. Comic Book History of Comics is also great, uh but yeah. probably uh skews a little older than both of those. Uh but those are really good. Do you guys have any suggestions?
1: Uh, from the comments, Mike Benecke with Understanding Comics, which is great. Um, that's definitely not for kids, but uh, if you want some adult education on the comic book uh, biz, that's a good one. Um, otherwise, though, I don't. I don't really. I don't know. We don't actually cover a lot of educational comics in our uh, lives here. Hmm. Well, Ice
0: Cream Man teaches you to stay away from Ice Cream Man.
1: Yeah, that's, that's true. That's good. Good oh. lesson. Yeah, keep yes. learning it.
0: <laughs> uh, all right, here we go From Eduardo, inspired by the cat next to Pete That seems to <laughs> replace Justin What are some of your favorite <laughs> animals in comics? Uh, Justin, did you know that Pete has a new kitty cat?
1: I heard about it um, As I was uh, finishing work I was seeing things light up in the Slack channel And uh, what's the cat's name? Is the name Justin or JT Sizzle Or uh, no. what's the deal? No What's What's the cat's name? Did you already say? Yeah, yeah, I did you're not going to tell me?
2: No, why don't you go back listen to the show, you know? Oh,
0: my God. It's yeah. uh, Nausicaa or whatever no, the name is. No, Nausicaa, uh, that, man. Nausicaa. 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 Valley of the Wind. Sorry, man. Wow. I'm, not a, I'm not as big of a Miyazaki head as you,
1: Pete. Wow. Yeah. What a punishing name for a cat. Uh, Pete, I as long as you don't um, Jedi marry this animal, I'm, com- <laughs> <laughs> I'm com- comfortable with my jealous? role.
2: Because we're Jedi married?
1: I don't know, Pete. There's been a lot of changes in your life that I'm uh, starting to feel like you're trying to get away from Alex and I, and uh, I'm worried about it. Okay.
0: Uh, I don't know if this is a question necessarily, but uh, from John Dorsey over on YouTube, people talk about how the sky is falling in the comic book industry. I say, no, it isn't. Now we have channels for talented creators to get their work out there. We will always want that. Uh, So yeah, more more of a statement than a question, but... Certainly, there's been a lot of talk about that this week. Uh, there were some awful, awful layoffs at AT&T, at Warner Brothers that trickled down to DC Comics and DC Universe. Uh, reportedly, maybe DC Collectibles was cut entirely. Um, wow. So there's a lot of people that are saying, well, that's it for comics, which I agree. I think you got to look at it in the broader expanse of uh, AT&T and Warner Brothers aren't doing great. They made had to make cuts somewhere when there were... I think over a thousand people were cut across the board from border brothers. So of course that's going to hit DC comics. Um, but what do you guys think? Is this, is this the end of the comic book industry?
1: Uh, great question. Think of all the times we've answered that over the years. Uh, no, I don't. I do think it's a, I mean, across the world, especially in the United States, it's a time of contraction. Everyone is, uh, panicked. There's not a lot of, uh, understanding of how anything is working. Uh, the world is very stressful. Um, And so everything's contracting a little bit. And then once we emerge from this, I think it'll expand back out as it does. I mean, comic books are wildly popular. It is the source of IP for everything now. So it's not like we're losing that. It will continue to be that. And there are success stories out there despite all of the bad news.
0: Well, and I think something that does get lost in the discussion to call back On our guest earlier in the show, actually, both all of our guests earlier in the show is saying, oh, no, there were cuts to DC Comics, which is terrible. And we know and have interviewed and hung out with some of those people. And it's awful when somebody loses a job. But a lot of people losing their job at DC Comics doesn't mean the end of comics. There is also Image Comics, which is doing well. There are Kickstarter comics. There are Random House and Penguin and uh, Yen Press and all sorts of other places that are publishing comic books. So just because there are cuts at what is called... Of course, but like you're saying, Justin things are being affected across the board. There are many other avenues to get these things out there, so it's not going to die as an art form. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, we solved it. Uh This is from I Love Cyclops. Of the characters of the Wait, movie's TV... I'm, that's not... That's what it says on. on here. I'm uh, just reading.
1: That's a fine... Boo, statement. Joe Crack, boo. Yeah. Wow. Of the characters of the
0: movie's TV, which do you wish were more like their comic counterparts or vice versa, i a wish... MCU Starler was more like pre movie Starler, but I wish Comic Carol Danvers was
2: more like movie Carol Danvers. Oh, interesting. What do you think? I mean, I'm glad it seemed like comics, uh, you know, had Nick Fury and then we transitioned into Samuel L. Jackson Nick Fury, which has been glorious.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'll say Palmer Edris Eldrick in the comments here says Lucifer. And I know you love Lucifer, Pete, but that was one yeah. of the things that put me off of the show initially. Is I wow. watched it and How thought, "Dare you? This is a procedural that has nothing to do with the comic books whatsoever."
2: I'm going to move on and watch other things. Wow! Wow! Sorry, I I Pete. think I I feel like it's not always. Like, you can take something that's great and then say, okay, if you love this, maybe you'll love this, and try something. Use the comic as a springboard. You know, you don't have to copy exactly. I mean, it's a gamble, but uh, I felt like, for me, uh, it was the reverse. I went and checked. Lucifer wasn't really on my poll list, but once I kind of got into the show, I started checking out the comic more.
1: Yeah, that's a good call. Um, I, I mean, did, uh, was Tony Stark in the question? I don't, I sort of missed it, but I think no, that's a he great, wasn't. I think that's a great example of, uh, the, the movie character becoming the comic book character for, for the better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's move back to YouTube here. Nelson Martinez says, thanks Alex for recommending Avatar. The last airbender been binging all day. What bender would you guys like to be in? Why earth, water, air, or fire, um, did you recommend it? I mean, I think both of us recommended it, right? Well, Just you recommended
1: it, like, uh, like a month ago. I was watching it at the original <laughs> yeah,
2: <here's> run, <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah, he's whoa, been, whoa, whoa, repping, he's whoa, hold been on. repping it for years. Hold he's on, man. I've been years. repping it
0: for years, too. Oh, I've been yeah. repping it for years, too, all right? No way. No. Yes, absolutely. I no. did. I produced an after show for Korra, man. So I'm like, Cora's Korra's even that? late. Korra's late.
1: All oh, right. shut up. You came, you came, you're coming out of Cora time. I'm back in the ridge. I'm okay. in the ridge.
0: Whatever, man.
1: Uh, <laughs> I just very slightly shook my head and you called me out. So <laughs> that's on you. That's on you. All right. Uh, and I love Cora. Uh, I love Cyclops. Uh, I'm not knocking Cora. I'm just saying to come in as a Cora head, as your cred, uh, there's, there's, a, there's a generation before.
0: All I'm saying, I, was, I produced the official Cora after show. So whatever, man. And whatever.
2: I
1: didn't even whatever. know that. That's cool. Yeah, it was cool. Well, why don't you
2: flex about some more jobs that you've had? Here's what I don't understand. I wanted to bring this up.
1: I've been thinking about this all week.
2: Every
0: time I bring up something that I've done, Pete, you're like, oh, flex, flex, flex. Justin brings up something about his job, and you're like, that's very cool.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, two different sides of the old coin. Uh, Relationships are weird. Um, What kind of bender would I want to be? I mean... I got to go Earthbender.
0: Mm. Yeah. I think that's the one, right? Like it just seems more versatile and you can do more stuff with it. Fires too aggressive.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, f- but fire with the, uh, the lightning, like the, there's a lot of fire development. Sure. I mean, I think airbending is the most fun and that's why, like it's where we start. It's the most like innocent childlike flying around uh, stuff. Um, and then water, sort of a little bit more zen, a little bit more like uh thoughtful.
2: Yeah. I mean, I would say water just because in life I would like to try to be more fluid, you know. Uh, mm. but I feel like earth uh is a better is a better power. You could be a great vodka bender.
1: Oh, you're on, yeah, you're out <laughs> <on, is laughs> of the question. Vander. What kind you're of bender of, do
2: you <laughs> want to go on? I wanna go on a vodka <laughs> bender. I wanna go on a malt liquor bender. Oh yeah, man.
1: That last ten seconds is us all trying to make the same joke at the same time, and yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> we were we were joke bending all at once, right there. Oh yeah. Uh,
0: this is from Edward Dougherty. Uh Who would win in a fight between the three? <laughs> what are these questions? <laughs>
1: Sorry. A
0: fight between the three of you. Can you provide explicit examples of the weakness you would attack in your other host? I love wow. that we started like 14 years ago with, hey, who would win in a fight, Hulk or Captain
2: America? Now it's like, I want to watch you fucking yeah, kill each other. Fight
1: each yeah. other. <laughs>
2: you punch him first. But this question one. comes up every couple of years. It does come back around, I feel like.
1: I mean, well, let me just say, I'm the youngest and the tallest. So I have a couple inches on you guys and a couple years. Yes, so yeah, I think I'm not ready not to. Anymore. Get dirty. What's that?
0: That does not matter. Uh, I mean, Pete, I'm sure you have an explicit plan, but I just want to mention I found some exercise equipment in the park today, and I did a couple of
2: chin-ups. Wow. Nice. Nice job, man. You were able to pull yourself all the way up? Really? Yeah, all the way up. You found some
1: exercise equipment in the park
2: What's what's up with you? (laughs) Well, he's not playing Pokemon Go, so he's actually looking around. Yeah, so
0: I got to actually look for stuff. No, there was – my kids and I, we took a walk around Sunset Park. We live a block away from Sunset Park now. And there's this weird setup there where it's like, I guess, encouraging people to exercise. So they have this art installation that's also – Yeah
2: yeah exercise stuff that's not weird that's cool that's nice that they're looking out for people like hey if you want to run around here's little stations where you can do stuff
1: totally that's great so you were like hey kid chin-ups
2: me (laughs) versus you
0: let's do this i beat my daughter she lost so bad oh wow nice uh pete what's your plan to take us down come on
2: uh i would go for justin first and then take take you down alex why
1: would you go after me first Am I more of a you, threat? Yes, yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Nice. And Alex is going to be, wow trying to catch a wizard while you're killing him?
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, this be, from... Oh, go ahead. No, no. Uh, I was just going to go over to the next question. Ramsey Hassan yeah. over on YouTube says, any thoughts on the New York Comic-Con news? So... This is, in case you didn't hear it, New York Comic-Con, like a lot of other Comic-Cons, is officially going virtual. Uh, The thing that's different about it that I think is very good and... Uh, we talked about this, I think, on our Week and Geek podcast, which we do for Patreon listeners a little bit, but I sort of noticed that New York Comic-Con folks and Repod folks seem to be very closely monitoring what was going on with Comic-Con at home and the criticisms of it. And one of the big criticisms that everybody had, certainly that I had, was that it wasn't actually live. Like, they pre-recorded the paddles, which I understand, but then they rolled them out so there's no impetus to watch them immediately. You could zoom through them. You could watch them Triple speed if you really want to. Um, so it and there was no comments anywhere on anything. So there's no way of actually interacting. Uh, it seems like New York Comic Con is going to be doing it totally differently. They're teaming up with YouTube. So they were very explicit in the press release. There's Q and A uh, for panels. You can comment. You can chat. Uh, they won't be rolling out everything live. I'm sure some of it will be faux live. It'll be pre tape and rolled out live. But they are actually doing it, so it feels a little more immediate that way um and i gotta say like again i follow a couple of people from repop they were heartbroken today about having to do this about having to not have the physical convention but i appreciate the fact that they're not doing it live that they're not putting people in danger uh and they're trying to make the best live event they possibly can in very bad circumstances
2: yeah it's tough though because it I would like to see how a con does if you do try to do a live panel and have, like, a live feed that people can comment on. I don't know how horrible the comments would get or what it would be like, but you would hope, like a Comic-Con, where people are very positive and supportive of each other, that that would be the case. But, you know, what do I... Well, that's
0: what they're... Just to interrupt, that's what they're doing. I mean, they're going to do them over zoom you know or whatever software okay. they're going to be using and then they will have the chat going so there are going to be things like we're doing right now where comments are coming in questions are coming in and a moderator is sifting through them and asking people they're not saying every panel is going to be like that i'm sure there will be some pre tape stuff
2: uh but it seems like they're going to be doing a mix are of you of that were you just auditioning for that job right now is that what just happened there just well, like,
0: I mean, if anybody at ReadPop is uh, watching, I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to...
2: It felt like an audition.
0: <laughs> no, I actually, it was not. But what's your take on it, Justin? How do you feel about this news?
1: No, I mean, I I, I agree with you. I think um, it's a learning curve, like anything that we're all going through. Like, I feel like each live event is learning from the one before. ReadPop is a smart company in that they... They're really good at scaling up and down what they're working on, whether it's uh, a smaller Comic-Con in a smaller city or their larger Comic-Cons. So I think they're going to learn from each uh, each situation and move forward in a good way. So I, I'm confident they're always willing to innovate, and I'm confident they'll do a good job.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's get another one here from over on Crowdcast. Kevin says, which Musketeer, Athos, Porthos, or Aramis, would each host be? And would you see Nat or someone else as the
1: D'Artagnan? Wow. Nat is clearly Cardinal Richelieu.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We can't just go one show without talking about Nat. Oh, I thought you were going to say, we can't go one show without talking about the fucking Three Musketeers? Come on!
1: I mean, it's pretty clear what each of us are, I would think. Go Uh, Watch yourself, buddy. Okay, you don't, I mean, I don't know how familiar you are with either the book or the um, mid movies. The mid-90s Disney movie featuring Let's Make It All for One and All for Love. Uh, landmark combination of uh, male vocalists. Um, I think it's uh, Alex's Athos, checks out. Uh, I'm Porthos and Pete's Aramis.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Great. Uh, yeah. I'm going to read up on this later and get very annoyed somehow.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> there's no reason to be annoyed.
0: Uh, Ooh, question for Pete from John Dorsey. I need you to spell out why you hate Cyclops so much. I know he's not always written consistently well, but I think he's a good man. Who the fuck said this? (laughs) (laughs) John Dorsey. Who the fuck said this? Who the fuck? Uh,
2: John Dorsey over on YouTube. Okay, John, first off, hey, man, congratulations. You know, like, you're living your life. You feel things how you feel. That's good. I'm happy for you. This is a normal question. There's no
1: reason to be this angry. Other
2: people see things and react differently. I have a problem with authority. I have a problem with douchebags with cool shades who think they're better than people. Cyclops, to me, gives off this aura of, like, fuck you, you're going to do things my way, and he's not right. He's not right a lot of the times. I don't like the moves that he makes as the leader of the team. Um, I, yeah, I just think that uh, he's not my favorite character, and a lot of people you know, uh, will point out how great he is, and it bothers me. Um, I just, I don't know, sometimes characters come off like you hear their voice in their head, and it's a douchey voice that bothers me when he talks so I don't know uh, really uh, it's just not my favorite character and I don't like the way he leads I have a theory okay. my
1: theory on your uh, hatred of Cyclops is you love Wolverine and I feel like Wolverine was someone do that love you, Wolverine. You, you love Wolverine and you specifically identify with Wolverine I think in a lot right. of ways yeah. uh, so sure, I think hairy
2: guy. what's not to identify with
1: that's what I'm saying that's why you're obsessed with his height for some reason the, the reason being that you are like uh, like I'm. You're taller than Wolverine, though. Let's to be clear. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, but I do think that you so have so um, taken Wolverine's uh, point of view into your own that it's making it's made you hate
2: uh, Cyclops. Uh, I I can understand what you're saying, and there's definitely validity to that. But Cyclops could have won me over if maybe he was different. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. Uh, maybe it's just things that I bring to the character that aren't there or whatever. But, uh, yeah, Cyclops does not make good decisions, nor does he think about his team. Uh, they I are love best.
0: Cyclops. Yeah, in the yeah. comments here. Yet Wolverine loves Cyclops. He's his best friend. And, in fact, uh, they have sex now. So what do you think about that,
2: Pete? <laughs> Hey, man, everybody's got to live their life, you know, so I don't take that as real. You know, they're on Sex Island. What happens there? No, You're they're, they're right, on the moon. Yeah, they're having sex on the moon. Uh, right. Yeah, they're on Little Moon base. Yeah. I, hey, man, that, I, you know, some people like the new comics. Other people <laughs> don't. Can't wait wow. for it to be over. It's just that if someone designed a cool logo and they went with an idea and we got to ride this out, you know. Not what yeah. happened. Yeah. Hey, guys, I made a new uh,
0: take on this axe. Oh, what if Wolverine and Cyclops had sex on the moon? All right, well, we'll just kind of roll it from there and see what happens, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Great. All right. Uh, (laughs) This is from Omnia Soul. What have the hosts been eating lately? Has Pete... (laughs) Found any more good cheesesteak places? That's a great question, Pete. Have you been sucking on a cheesesteak? Oh.
1: <laughs> I felt it. I oh, felt it in the man. air. I felt it in the air.
2: <laughs> we got to get uh, a yeah, audio clip of uh, Beer Cat uh, PhD's uh, kids uh, saying that as well. That was really Oh, funny. yeah. That's Here. a good call.
1: I think we need to have a clip for sucking on each of our favorite foods.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sucking out a baked
1: Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, Alex, Alex, yours would be sucking out of random potato chip.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Accurate. Or a crazy flavored Oreo. So, to answer the question. Eating? Yeah, I'm what sorry. are we eating? I, I just uh, well, I,
0: actually, let's start off. We forgot to talk about what we're drinking tonight. Well, uh, I can start. Mine's not that exciting. I'm drinking a uh, Lagunitas Maximus, ooh IPA Maximus ale. It's actually pretty good. It's very strong.
1: Yeah, you. It's uh, Pete got the Bud Light. Uh, that's the kind of Bud, it's Bud it's Light that's time. tough times. Tough times right now. You just man. see those littered around like a train station. Those Bud Light cans. <laughs> yeah. And I'm drinking a uh, Grapefruit IPA Grippa from Cisco Breweries out of Nantucket. Great beer. Uh, oh. Hard to find, but great beer. That sounds real good. It's hard really thing. good. I'll tell you what, Alex. I bought a bunch of it. Um, I don't know how I will, I will get it to you, but I would love to get it to you.
0: Mm. Aw. Thank you. I would love to try it. Yes, I'll, I'll just take a suck look out on a, a cheesesteak. You know, suck,
1: suck it on a Grapefruit IPA. <laughs>
2: Pete, do you like beers like this? I feel like you are a
1: lighter beer man.
2: Well, I am a lighter beer man, but if it was free beer, I would definitely drink the shit out of it. Mm, The ultimate flavor, free. Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, I don't know if that answered that question necessarily. Uh, But
2: I am going to see uh, uh, trying out different cheesesteaks, different places. Uh, A lot of people recommended different things. So I'm widening my net. I went to Ed's. And Ginos. Uh so yeah, I mean you know, it's 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 fun to try. There are a lot of great uh, cheesesteaks. There's a lot of great uh like Bon Me sandwich shops too that I'm getting into. So there you it's go. Been oh man. Hey,
0: hey, you gotta put yourself out there, Pete. You know, just try a bunch of things before you settle down with one cheesesteak for the
2: rest of yeah, your life. Exactly. That's right.
1: What I love about uh recommending a cheesesteak, it's like I've tried Ed's, I've tried Bill's, I've tried Teddy <laughs> P's, I tried Nicodemus's. I tried Wally. I squeeze boxes, cheesesteaks. Very good. It's just a series of nonsense
5: names.
1: (laughs) These could be just people in their homes. It doesn't even have to be a restaurant. Uh,
0: Follow up on the X-Men question over here on YouTube. What are Justin and Alex's favorite X-Men Wolverine for Pete? I'm guessing.
2: Nice. I mean. Confirm? Confirm, deny? It's it's clearly Wolverine.
0: Uh,
2: X-23, close second.
1: Yeah.
0: Mine nice. mine's Cypher. So there you go.
2: Yeah. Yep.
1: No doubt about that. Uh but do you have Alex? I quick follow-up before I answer. Do you have a second sure. favorite? And is it if it's not kitty pride, let's make it not kitty pride and say something Oh,
5: that.
0: Okay. Yeah. So not, <laughs> not.
1: <laughs> give us the answer we haven't heard,
0: for God's sake. <laughs> uh after Cypher and Kitty Pride, probably Nightcrawler, actually. Interesting. I, I love Nightcrawler. Like I love the I was always a big fan of Nightcrawler from Excalibur. I love the, like, uh, swashbuckler Nightcrawler in particular. And the fact that I'm always very iffy about religion in comics because I think it's treated very badly, but there's been some very good stories with Nightcrawler grappling with his religion, uh, which I think are fascinating, and it gives him layers as a character.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm going to throw it out to... uh... I mean, it's such a tough call. Uh, I want to say the first one in my head right now is Colossus. Uh, Nice. I also love a cable. Um, The cable series from a couple years ago, where he and Hope were traveling forward into the future. With Bishop chasing them, really, that that iteration of Cable was so good. Also, X-Man, the young Nate Summers. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to
0: ask if you liked anybody who doesn't have a metal arm with those bands inexplicably across them for some reason.
4: Hmm.
1: I guess I love a metal arm. (laughs) Um, Winter Soldier... Yep, uh, the dude from the uh, uh, Executioner song uh, from Strife Squad, who had the metal arms for some reason. I mean, basically right. any Rob Liefeld uh, <laughs> design character.
0: Uh, ooh, just uh, back to the beer discussion. Uh, recommendation from YouTube, Denver Beer Company Graham Cracker Porter. Whoa. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah. Uh, follow up on the question from earlier from Mike Bedeke. After canceling of DC Daily, layoffs of DC Universe staff, moving of DCU Originals to other platforms, will my subscription to DCU be fulfilled through the end of the year? <laughs>
1: oh, good question. I, I mean, mean, technically I'll... it will be. You paid <laughs> yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah,
0: some <laughs> way. <laughs> Uh, you'll be transferred over to an HBO Max subscription properly. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, as soon as news came out that they were switching from... They're not doing yearly subscriptions anymore. They're only doing monthly subscriptions. I wrote the folks at DC Universe to be like, Hey, do you have any comment? Do you know what's going on about this? Uh, I'm not flexing. I'm giving information. Pete. Oh, I'm sorry. I was yeah. stretching. I didn't understand. Oh, okay. All right. Pete's uh, always so stretchy. I wrote them and they were very, like they had a statement ready where they were like, Hey, we're always looking to serve people with their DC universe subscription. Uh, even when we switched to monthly subscriptions and uh, we will keep you appraised of anything further.
2: Did you reply? Which- do you have a real uh, answer to my question? Uh, Just all caps, answer me, with, like, (laughs)
0: Agatsuko from the Netflix show just going,
1: ah! That's that's journalism. Yeah, that's how you do it.
0: Uh, No, I mean, it was very clearly, like, to speculate and be unjournalistic about it. Like, it was very clear. They don't know what the future of DC Universe is. Like was asked the question, apparently a good chunk of the staff got laid off,
2: which is awful. Um, They got some great stuff on there
0: they got some great stuff on there. Uh Part of the problem is like, and again, we talked about this a bit on the uh, Week in Geek podcast. HBO Max was really soft in its launch. And AT&T was putting all of their chips out of the table for that. Warner Media oh. by default was as well. And I think things just got cut. They got to figure out how to make it all work. And because they're all in on HBO Max, like they can't they can't have two streaming services going. That just doesn't make any sense. Do you think so Snyder, they're going to end up them? being like, push everything on HBO Max, try to make that as much of a success as possible. And honestly, I think it, HBO Max was doomed from the start as soon as they called it HBO Max. So I don't know if they're going to cut back.
1: Oh, way. I don't know. That's a little unfair, I think. I think HBO Max just didn't have a, a good launch. They didn't have a big thing to launch with because of a bunch of factors. Coronavirus, they messed up their Game of Thrones moves. Yeah. Uh, they they The Friends, the reunion or whatever didn't happen. So it's tough. But I think HBO Max is going to keep – it's not like it's in trouble. It's going to keep going. There's a lot of stuff on there. I mean I just watched all of Search Party, and that's great. There's great stuff on there. Like, Don't
0: get me wrong. There's some really good shows. There's great movies. It's actually, as a streaming service, pretty fluid in terms of how it works. It's based on the HBO Now architecture, and they clearly improved it. But like the comment says here, uh, why didn't WB just name it HBO Max, something related to Warner Brothers? Like, Just call it WB Max or call it WB. They've had so many problems because they called it HBO Max, because Roku and Firestick, which is 70 percent of the market, which is insane, won't put it on the service because they're like, "No, it conflicts with our deals with HBO." If they had just called it anything else and not related to HBO, it would have been a problem It'd be doing so much better right now.
1: Counterpoint to that though, the yeah. HBO the brand. Like, yeah, if they exactly. call that WB Max, it's going to be like the WB network from the 90s, right. where it's you know, bring back
0: be like, Michigan J Frog.
1: <laughs> yeah, you've Come been on. pushing that. You've been pushing that frog agenda for years <laughs> yeah. now. And Hello, my baby. Happen.
0: Hello, my darling. Hello, my ragtime gal. Pete loves this, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Old time.
1: stuff. You can tell he leans back and pets the cat when he's happy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh yeah, without getting too in the weeds, I agree with Edward Doherty's comment here the damaging the HBO brand with this. That was kind of the point. Um
1: HBO brand is fine. Uh
0: disagree. Okay. Kevin says, in the vein of ice cream man, who are your favorite host recurring characters from anthology titles?
1: Ooh. Interesting. Getting into it.
0: Yeah. Um man, I don't know. I'm having a hard time thinking of any comic book anthology titles at all well i mean obviously no. like tales from the crypt came from comics and things but
1: i think the watcher is a fair answer there um the watcher is always jumping in to be like look at this fucked up world yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and i love that i'm not
0: gonna interfere but real quick let's do this thing yeah. uh kane able is a good answer from sandman from the Dreaming. yep
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Cain and Abel, what's the, who's been sort of doing the, um, the DC, uh, dark multiverse. Uh, what's that dude's name? That person's name. Tempest Fugit. Yeah. That's the one that I think of recently (laughs) as a, not a favorite, but is definitely doing that.
0: Yeah. Pete, you got one. Tales from the Punisher.
1: I have a story to tell you. Here's when I killed a guy. You're an asshole. Yeah. Microchip, does he ever an, uh narrate any of that? Uh
0: yeah. T- uh, he narrated uh Punisher's
1: uh war journals, right?
0: Dear Punisher's diary, on
1: it's <laughs> <laughs> Punisher's online uh live journal? Yes.
0: Uh oh not to get back to this, but just to clarify for this question over here on YouTube. OG says, How does HBO Max conflict with HBO Aren't they the same company? Uh not Exactly. HBO is its own division. HBO Max is a separate creative division that was set up uh, by Warner Brothers uh, via at and or actually vice versa by at via Warner Brothers. So HBO Max is developing shows entirely differently from HBO. So when you see things like Lovecraft Country is coming up, that's an HBO show versus Raised by Wolves, which is the Bridley Scott show that's coming up. That's an HBO Max show. And they're entirely different people. Like HBO shows
2: go to, what? I was just going to say, that show looks crazy though, that Wrigley Scott show.
0: Yeah, it does look wild. I haven't had a chance to watch any of it yet, but it looks awesome. Uh, But yeah, they're two totally different arms and I think like, they're getting closer in terms of quality, but that's one of the problems is that HBO has such a specific quality meter and HBO Max just doesn't have that yet.
1: See for me though like not to keep – I feel like we're on opposite sides of the sides of this for whatever yeah. reason like yeah, for fine. me it's like Netflix has its prestige shows and it also has its sort of trashy shows like HBO Max it's fine by me that I get to watch um all the HBO shows that I like and also a bunch of other shows that I am like oh this is this is probably fun
0: Yeah I I don't know why I uh, completely understand what you're saying I don't think it's reasonable But I realized as soon as they announced that it was HBO Max... HBO is one of those brands that I feel very precious about. And I know it's... I know, it's so
1: funny, you feel so precious. It
0: is, it's ludicrous to be precious about a brand, but I do because I think there's this storied history behind it that, frankly, HBO Max is eroding as it goes. And AT&T very clearly has been trying to be like, HBO, be something else other than what you are. Stop only releasing four shows a year be Netflix. And they're like, we're not Netflix, we're HBO. And they're like, okay, fine, we'll do HBO Max, now you're Netflix, which is aggravating to me. It's not reasonable in terms of business. Mostly, I try to be reasonable in terms of business and understanding of things, but that's one thing that just bums me out. It's like going to the Metropolitan Museum of Art and being like, now you're in Arby's.
2: Wow.
1: Wow. wow okay wow. you're an elitist you're an I elitist. i have
2: an elitist it's not and tv it's hbo
1: i'm an anti-elitist alex and now i'm going to destroy you
0: <laughs> <laughs> Uh related question on this from our business podcast i guess uh from tom tormney how do you feel about warner media closing the doors on dc direct uh, I don't know the first of all. I'll mention I don't know if that has been 100% confirmed by everybody. That was in a bunch of articles where they said we believe DC Direct has been shuttered, and I haven't really seen any of the people from DC Direct tweeting about like we were shut down, but it seems reasonable to think they are. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? I don't know. dc direct is the collectibles it's like the statues oh yes yes yeah
1: i just don't i'm not i'm not a collectibles guy um it's anytime anything's shuttered where there's a a fan base is a bummer uh obviously but i don't know enough about it to know what the whether it was a good thing if dc direct is something that was like really excelling at it and it's a shame that happened or if it was just part of the corporate arm
2: I know a lot of people who really love DC's like action figures and the stuff that they did because they did really great jobs with things and it was a high quality. And so like uh, that's, uh, you know, I know way too many people who have like all the figures behind them and stuff like that. So it would, uh, it's sad to hear if that's actually true because a lot of people collected those things and took pride in it.
0: Yeah, I mean, to your point, Pete, uh, I'm also not really a collectibles guy. Like, I don't pick up that stuff, but I've certainly interviewed those folks a bunch and seen a bunch of other stuff. And one of the things that's very cool about DC Direct that they do is they do artist lines. Like, they focus in on, here's a great Batman artist, let's make a bunch of statues based on their art directly from the comics, and they did awesome work there. But versus the HBO discussion, you know, without slagging off anybody's jobs, I could see, like... Of course, the high quality, super expensive statues division is going to go first, you know, like we're in the middle of a pandemic and people aren't necessarily like, I want to drop a couple of hundred bucks no. on this Dustin Win." Batman statue or anything like that. So, to be
1: fair, they got rid of the caviar division first <laughs> uh, and then they moved to DC Direct.
0: Yes, yeah, so, well, then, you'd have the caviar on the statues and just yeah exactly
1: just, you want Batman, uh, black and white holding a little teeny uh, Ocetra caviar on his hand.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, over on uh, YouTube, jpeller 999 says the Alex Ross painted plates they sold way back in the day were awesome. Um, yeah. So yeah, there you go uh, it, It's great stuff, it's a bummer it's gone Hopefully they Figure out some way to keep those people Employed Question <laughs> Yeah, yeah uh, Folks, it's now time for trivia And for that I'm going to turn it over to Pete Lepay
2: Alright Pete LePage, the star of trivia Alright this, uh, this part we give back to you The lovely audience um, and it looks like uh, somebody put like a figure of a hand up, but we'll go with the next one down that actually says hand oh, just because up. Oh, man. I don't want to read their name tag out loud. So that's let's, just, up. Wait. let's go with uh, Mr. Moreland. Oh, man. Wow. Oh, wait. Oh, hold on. I clicked the wrong thing. I almost deleted the message.
0: Uh, wait, I can't invite Adriel Moreland in, Pete. Oh. Hmm, what do we do here? What do we do? I don't know. Oh, and uh, Justin's gone now.
2: Yeah, Justin's gone. Justin's he just gone. left.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't think Adriel Moreland has a uh, webcam, but if you want to do it anyway, we could do it through the chat, I guess, like we do with YouTube. We also have Juan Espinosa on YouTube if you want to try over there.
2: Uh, well, it's it's you know it, it's hard now. I feel like we're in too deep because uh, you know he he's on his phone. Uh, you know, maybe we should go with "I Love Cyclops." Then we can do him on his phone if you want. Yeah. All right,
0: all right, yeah. All right, go for it. Say, ask your questions, and great. Angel Borland's going to answer the comments.
2: All right, great. So today's trivia is on topical comic news. Uh, question number one uh, please listen to all three answers before you uh, take your guess Vault Comics announced a new comic with a new twist on magic and spy genres called blank is it A. Magic Lethal Beans B. Shadow Service or is it C. Judy Dench so it's either A. Magic Lethal Beans don't pick it Or it's B, Shadow Service. All right, B is correct. Here we go. Question number two. The Hero Initiative is offering writing classes from who? Is it A, Greg Pak. Stop it with the shears. B, Brian Michael Bendis. Or is it C, Kate Winslet? So it's either A, don't pick it, or it's B, Brian Michael Bendis. It's a lot of B's in there. Yes, B is correct. All right, here we go. Last one. Nice. Valiant will relaunch what flagship title? Is it A, Exo Manowar? B, Ninjak? Or is it C, Gerard Depardieu? So it's either perfectly a, pronounced. If you would like twenty-five dollars, or you could pick B. A is correct.
0: All right. Congratulations. <laughs> a hard cut on the music. Yeah. <laughs>
1: trivia, trivia ends when it ends. No I usually try to up. fade it out, but uh,
0: we're done. Uh, Adriel, <laughs> thank you so much for playing. Definitely shoot us an email at comicbookclublive.com at g- comicbookclublive at gmail.com. Uh, and we will get you set up with a $25 gift card to Midtown Comics, which you can use online nice and safely. Now your answers indicate a secret movie, Pete. The answers Is it as Edward Doherty states, Helmet, Hamlet, Hamlet? <laughs> oh, Hamlet. No, He said Helmet.
2: Is he said correct? Helmet. Is it, is it Helmet? He said Helmet. Yeah, it is uh, Hamlet. Hamlet, 1996, and just wanted to say, six years ago today, rest in peace, my captain. Much love, Robin Williams.
1: Wow, that's nice. Oh, Captain, my Uh, Captain. Does that put an end to the Robin Williams portion of the the trivia? No. Seems like a great time to do that. Uh,
2: It does, doesn't it? But no. (laughs) Okay. Not until until we've done every freaking movie.
0: Oh, man. This is terrible. Uh, All right. Let's. Talk about what we're looking forward to tomorrow. As we know, tomorrow is New Comic Book Day, except DC Comics, which are out today. Uh, But what are you all looking forward to? Pete, what are you looking forward to? Check it out.
2: Well, I'll tell you, my favorite this week, and I'm very excited about it, is it is Seven Secrets Number Mm. 1. From Boom Studios. Yeah. Yeah. This is by Tom Taylor. New book.
0: We're going to have a review of it on the stack. I don't want to say much about it but we will talk about it on the stats podcast. Pretty cool. Yeah goes uh, Goes up in the comic book club feed and
1: its own dedicated stack feed not
0: abs on Wednesday, so check that out. Justin, what are you looking forward to?
1: I'm looking forward to Amazing Spider-Man number 46. Um, this comic um, we've talked about it a lot. It's a uh, fun, uh, lighthearted uh, classic Spider-Man story. It's not a lot of boomerang, a lot of uh, influence written by Nick Spencer, deadly foes of uh, Spider-Man from back in the day. It's taken a turn in the last couple issues. Sure and- has. And it's going to a really awesome, uh, exciting place, I think. And I'm very excited to see what comes next. Yeah,
0: uh, I'm looking forward to Dryad number four is coming out from Oni Press. Mm-hmm. This book is so cool and interesting and not what you'd expect from it. Um, it starts off as a fantasy tale. That's not where it goes. I don't even want to ruin it necessarily, but I've really been enjoying every issue. And again, we're going to have a review of that of the stack. Uh, we should also mention, uh, we'll probably be rolling as a bonus into our live show next week. Uh, we're going to be doing... Uh, Figures crossed an interview with Curtis Wiebe, who writes the book, uh, and Justin Osterling, who draws the book. Uh, So that'll be a fun non-live bonus for you all, but that'll be in the regular Comic Book Club feed as well. And folks, that is it for our show! We've done it again. So, a couple of things to plug before we go. First of all, I want to thank our amazing guests for coming on. Thank you, James Emmett and Kirsten Thompson from I Am Hexed. Check out their Kickstarter that's up right now. Also, W. Maxwell Prince from Ice Cream Man. Definitely pick up every volume of that over on Image Comics. It is absolutely awesome. A couple of things to plug on our and next week's guests. We're going to have two more great guests for you. We're going to have Jeremy Whitley from School of Extraterrestrial Girls. is going to be here. Also, Steve Orlando is finally going to be here talking about Commanders in Crisis, his new book. So that should be awesome and weird and fun. A couple of other podcasts we do. Star Guys, our Stargirl podcast is just wrapping up tonight, Tuesday night, for season one. So definitely check that out. We're going to have a bonus podcast speculating all about season two of Stargirl. Also, let's hear it for the boys. Our boys podcast has wrapped up season one. And is heading into season two, starting in September. Yeah. Umbrella Academy, our Umbrella Podc- Academy podcast. Is not done with season one yet, but it's going along. We're getting, um, getting there. We're getting there, yeah.
1: We got a fun one coming from Pete and I. Um, it was uh, chatty.
0: Yeah, it went longer than I expected. I'm excited to listen to it. Uh, Patreon.com slash Comic Book Club to support the show. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. And that's it. Until next time, thanks, everybody.
2: Bye. Can we do the Patreon? Thank you. Yeah, we're gonna do that.